0: Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me and I'm on a tight window to record this introduction because you might actually be able to hear in the background uh, the kettle boiling. It's 21 minutes past 7, it's Saturday morning and I've got, knowing my routine, um, I've got the time it takes the kettle to boil to do the intro uh, because I don't think I'll then have time to record the first section. Um, but I have five minutes after that because that's how long the water will need to stand in the teapot before I pour the tea out. Uh, and you know what I'm like about my first cup of tea in the morning, so I think we'll just about manage it. Um, but I can't waffle at this stage. Um, in fact, to be honest, just to be sure I'm clear and so I don't get stressed about it, let's just let's just go to that twangy guitar. <laughs> Everything's going to plan. The teas in the pot, the five-minute mashing time has started. One thing you do know is this section is not going to last any more than five minutes. In fact, it's not going to last as long as five minutes because I've got to be there to pour it out. Anyway, um, the Queen's funeral. um, I didn't watch it. I never had any plans to really watch it. It's not my kind of thing. I've never been a Royal Event watcher. Um, Alison watched uh, a couple of hours you know, with with the actual sort of funeral itself, so she kind of watched from I guess from about ten o'clock through to you know just after midday or whatever it was, probably at the point when we broke for a bit of something to eat, um, and and it it was kind of on in the background then for the rest of the the rest of the day, um, and I think and again, I've mentioned a couple of times that I'm still struggling a bit with this whole thing, um, but the one thing. You can't deny is how well we do events like that. I mean, like nowhere else in the world. We, we and you know, and the whole thing when you caught bits of it. Um, I mean, aside from the solemnity of it, and aside from the you know the dignity of it, and and how quiet large portions of it are. Um, we just we just really really. Do that like, like nowhere else in the world, um, and I, and I, I think obviously that kind of pageantry's been in place for a long, long time. Uh, I think we've got a a city that absolutely um, lends itself to that kind of event as well. If you look at some of the architecture of London, and we've got so many buildings with you know that have that sort of age about them and that that kind of I mean it, it's it sounds weird saying the design, but I mean, it wouldn't work as well, you know, in, in a modern American city or in, in, in a city that looked different to ours. I mean, you could make an argument that bits of Boston would look, you know, quite good and there's other places you could look at and obviously Edinburgh would work and, you know, what have you. I mean, there's quite a few places in the UK that would probably work. But London, it seems to work about the best and, and, and all of that, that kind of... Around the palace and around um, the abbey and around Whitehall and and, and you know uh, the the all all of that really um, really works for a, an, an occasion like this. So it's in terms of just if anywhere in the world was to stage an event like that, you wouldn't want it anywhere different to where it was. I think that that is absolutely spot on, and I think as well it. It's it is the the military. I know when we would Steve and I were talking in the Corona Diaries podcast at the start of the week because he had it on in the background when we were talking, and and there is something about our military and and how well you know we do those kind of things, and it's even down to the military bands and and, and the whole thing. Um, so, irrespective of whether you're a Republican or a monarchist or whatever it is, I think in terms of if you wanted a state funeral for a monarch, then you're not going to get anything better than what we saw on Monday. Tuesday. I'm going to totally digress for a minute. And there's been something I've been meaning to say on TFM for um Well, ever since we were on holiday in Spain, actually, only because it's a really neat little thing. And I didn't realise this thing did what this thing did. And it's so specific, it's probably never going to affect you in your day to day life. But somebody's thought about it for it actually to exist. And I just thought it was really kind of neat. So um, we took electric toothbrushes. On holiday with us and obviously the charger for an electric toothbrush uh, is the same as um, a shaver adapter so we arrived at the Eurocamp and we were hoping there would be a, a shaver socket in the bathroom which there wasn't so you're then faced with the issue of how the hell and am I going to charge um, the the toothbrushes and um, mine went across kind of I kind of thought in my head it wouldn't need charging at some point through the, the the sort of eleven days while we were there. Um So I went to look for a European shaver adapter, and obviously, if you look at a European plug and if you look at a shaver plug, they're, they're similar, but the shaver plug's slightly wider. So I went to look, and they obviously the Spanish have these amazing shops that are kind of that you see on the side of roads that are just densely packed with with stuff with it's kind of like a, a poundland kind of store um but they're you know they're really really packed aisles and and then and it's just it looks like i mean it's you've never seen so much stuff and they have everything they go from you know it literally goes from gardening through electricals through you know ha- homewares housewares to everything and I was, I was looking around, and I couldn't find uh, an adapter uh, that went from a, a, a shaver to European plug, which got me thinking, well, how the hell do they do it in Europe? Because clearly all of these things in Europe are the same. The shaver adapter thing clearly is a thing. I mean, I've travelled enough in Europe to know that, that most hotels do have them. Um, so I was, I was kind of scratching around thinking, well, I, I don't know how I'm going to solve this. Um, and I happened to Google it, Um, I happened to Google EU2 shaver adapter to see what came up and found out to my astonishment that actually the vast majority of um, the the plug converters, the travel plugs that you take, actually do allow you to plug a shaver into them. And the bottom two pins uh, for the plug then have... Little sort of like a little half circle round at the end, and that's to allow you to also use it to take a shaver adapter. And it's not on all travel adapters, but of the three that we'd taken, it was on one of them. And I was able just to plug the shaver um, plug straight into effectively the three pin side, the UK side of a travel adapter, and it worked absolutely fine. And I've never Clocked or tweaked that. In all the time I've used travel adapters, I have never, ever thought, why is it not exactly the shape, the same shape as a UK plug? Why is it a little bit, a little bit wider? I'll put a picture on Instagram just to kind of show what I mean. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing that. I can't believe I'm putting a picture of a travel adapter on Instagram. Um, to kind of make the point but I will do to make the point and I was I was genuinely blown away that somebody had thought about this but also that I'd got no clue that it even existed and I don't think I mean apart from this one scenario I would never have found out because I've never traveled enough with an electric razor to even need to give it any form of consideration and maybe it stems from a point in the past when far more people used electric razors I'm not quite sure but. There we are. It's a thing and it's there. And I have been meaning to tell you and just completely forgot. Wednesday. On the subject of odd things, were you aware that you can get vegan mattresses? We were looking um, for a new mattress and happened to do a search and came up with a one of these generic companies that does loads and loads of brands. And one of the things they pushed, you know, you do a Google search and you get the name of the business and then they have three or four things underneath that kind of are the things they're pushing about who they are. Vegan mattresses was one of the things that came up on the, Zo- the, Goog- the Google search about who they actually are. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to say, but vegan mattresses, really? Um, the thing I wanted to say was I finished the Capture uh, which was genuinely scary. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought actually the end of the second series was fantastic. Um, exactly the ending I wanted, if I'm being honest. Um, probably not the ending it should have had, but the ending I wanted. Um, and I moved on from there to watch only the second series of Only Murders in the Building, and it made me think that actually when I finished something like the Capture, which was was very dramatic uh, and generally. You know, made me think, and 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 was yeah. I mean, to actually truly terrifying when you started to think about the ramifications of it. Um, I tend to naturally move on to something different for the next thing I watch without thinking about it. So, only murders in the building is brilliant. First series is great. Second series is equally great it's it's just this unique little thing that you get swept along with as you watch it Uh, all the all the cast are fantastic it's just one of those very clever shows that just makes you laugh you can't take it seriously but it makes you smile Uh, and it was the perfect antidote to what I'd been watching and it made me think that I tend to do this completely subconsciously so if I watch a very serious film I will move on and watch something completely nonsensical Next, and in between these two things, um, I watched that Netflix um show that Sylvester Stallone's just done the kind of superhero thing that he's just I can't even remember what it was called. Um, and it was just, just, just crash bang wallop nonsense. Uh, and I, I watched that in between before I got to Only Murder. So I'd, I, I'm doing this thing of going serious, dramatic, then just overblown. Absolute rubbish. With for an hour and a half, as a complete diversion, which I quite enjoyed, and then Only Murders, which really, really made me smile and made me laugh. And I am already now thinking, where am I going to go next? And I think I am going to probably sit down and watch the career of that Benedict Cumberbatch film, which I think will be quite serious and somber as well, or sober as well. So um, yeah, didn't never clocked it. Definitely doing it. And if you haven't seen Only Murders in the Building, and I know it's Disney. But it's really worth watching. Thursday. The tea's lovely, by the way. Um, Just about the right length of time. Absolutely spot on. Really nice to get the Saturday morning started with a proper cup of tea. Anyway. 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 I was awake between about 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock this morning, and that is becoming a regular thing. In fact, it was whilst being awake between 2 and 4 that I decided that I was going to name the episode uh, In The wee Small Hours, um, which is one of my favourite Sinatra attacks and certainly one of his greatest albums. Not my favourite album of his. I think Close To You is better. But In The wee Small Hours is uh, an amazing, amazing song and an amazing, amazing album. Um but this seems to be happening and my dad's always struggled with insomnia. Um, but insomnia to me isn't what I kind of thought. Um, I thought insomnia meant you just didn't sleep. And actually, it, it doesn't mean that in the case of me and it doesn't kind of mean that in the case of my dad either. Um, but I, I tend to wake. I will wake about two o'clock. Um, and I probably... And I kind of know when I've woken that I'm not going to go back to sleep for a while. And it's normally an hour and a half to two hours that I tend to lay awake for. And then I go back to sleep and then I sleep solidly for another sort of three or four hours. So, I mean, if I can afford to stay in bed after that till eight, then I can I can invariably, you know, drift off back half, three, quarter, four, four o'clock. And then I'll, I can sleep through till, you know, I'll get another... Th- so I've kind of probably got four hours and then had a break and got another four hours, which doesn't make a lot of sense because I seem to think that Sleep cycles go in ninety-minute cycles. I seem to recall that's the REM cycle, but I'm not, not, I'm don't, don't, don't really, you know, go with me on that because that might be totally wrong. But I seem to recall REM cycles were were ninety minutes, which would lead to more like four and a half hours or three. But anyway, it seems to be with me four hours on, uh, and then I'm finding myself, and this is happening now about, about two or three times a week, probably. Um and I've got to the stage where I've kind of I recognize it. I recognize the point when I wake that I'm not going to roll over and go back to sleep. And then it's like, right, well I'm I'm in for a couple of hours now. Um and and it's not causing me a major problem, but it's just unusual. I don't understand what it is in the psyche, in the brain, in the whole thing that that means this happens. And then that you 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 kind of go through this period of an hour and a half, two hours, and then you just go back to sleep. And um, because when I fall asleep for the second time, I do fall into a deep sleep. Um, and it it's I, I was talking about the book, the second sleep, the Robert Harris book. And in that, it seemed to be that this, and it, they never really explained it in the book as to why there was these two sleeps and that there was a gap in between. Um, and I and I you know and I never really. In fact, it's the name of the book. It's interesting it's not mentioned. I must find out if it is and I missed it. But it, it's very much, very much like that. Um, and I don't know if my dad's anything to go by, then maybe this is it now. Maybe this is the pattern from here on in. Friday. I could have done a whole episode on the fiscal event that happened uh, yesterday. Uh, Quasi Quatang's um, first moment of standing up there as chancellor and delivering his plan for growth. Um, because I think it's off the chart bonkers. Um, it's quite interesting that in the week when this was going to happen, Joe Biden just basically came out and said trickle down economics don't work, and and they don't. They they just don't. We've we've had plenty of cracks at this and. Even if, they, even if there's an argument to be made that it does work, that by cutting um, tax on large business and by getting rid of regulations and doing everything you can to encourage businesses to make a lot of profit, and that in making a lot of profit, that, that money will trickle down to the economy, either because tax receipts just raise... Uh, so incredibly, because so much profit's being made, the exchequer receives so much more in, in revenue from things like corporation tax. Even though it's been lowered, you still get disproportionate, disproportionately more um, receipts because the profit is so great. Um, either if you think it's going to work because of that. Um, or just because of the amount of investment that will come into the UK. It, it doesn't. And, and even if it did, the amount of time it would take to make a difference to the economy is, is years. It, it took the Thatcher government two cycles for, for this kind of idea to take hold and to actually make any, any headway. And in doing so, all you do is you just put a huge wedge in the country between those that have and those that have not. It, it, it isn't proportionate. It doesn't trickle down in a way that has any form of equality to society, and it's not going to affect the vast majority of people. So you look at yesterday's announcement, you go, right, okay, income tax. It's, we, we've, we've effectively got, we've gone down a penny on income tax um, from from you know 20 pence in the pound to 19 pence in the pound. Now, I don't know exactly where the threshold is. I think it's around about the £12,500 pounds mark. So, for the first twelve and a half thousand pounds you earn, you don't pay any tax. So, let's say you kick in at twenty pence in the pound. After that, right? Okay, let's say for somebody earning twenty five thousand quid, that's twelve and a half thousand pounds worth of income they pay tax on, and they are going to pay twenty percent on that tax on that that twelve and a half grand. So, my maths ain't great, but that's two and a half thousand pounds worth of tax they are going to pay. You've just given them a five percent reduction on that. Okay. So that twenty that that two and a half thousand grands worth of, of tax they're gonna pay. You just give them a five percent reduction, which is hundred and twenty five pounds over the course of the year, you're giving that individual back. Right. Okay, so fine. So £125 more in their pocket than they had before. But that's what it means in real terms. On a twenty five grand income, it's £125 over the course of the year. That's a tenner a month. Right. Energy bills have gone up 200%. For somebody who is paying £1,000 on their energy bills, they're going to be paying somewhere in the regions of three grand, Right? So you've got £2,000 to find. Okay, you've been given 400 quid by the government, so you've now got 1600 quid to find, and you've just got an extra £125 back from your tax. So you're still 1500 quid there or thereabouts, worse off than the, you were before. Worse off than you were before. So I don't see how doing what you're doing and making us a low-tax economy for workers, it's going to make that much difference. The headline, we're letting you keep more of your income, is a, is a big headline. But when you drill into the detail, it makes absolutely no difference. Inflation running at 10% for the vast majority of goods is far more of a problem in this instance than saving saving that money Um on you know, or giving that money back on tax. This is where I do, to a certain extent, agree with some of the ethos that you had about inflation being, inflation being a bad thing. Um, then take it the other way, swing it the other way, and say, well, it's great for business because we're going to lower corporation tax. It's only great for businesses that are making profit. So we'll take the t- same example again of a business that's that's seen its energy costs rise by two hundred percent. It doesn't matter what corporation tax rate is at. If you make no profit, you don't pay any corporation tax. It is as simple as that. So surely what you need to do is you need to help businesses with the cost of doing business rather than making it making it more advantageous if you're profitable. What you're doing is you're saying to the big businesses that make profit, come here, you won't have to pay as much in tax. But there's no guarantee that money's going to stay in the country. So there's just nothing about trickle-down that seems to make any sense, aside from the fact that people aren't asking for a drop in income tax. If you speak to most people, they'll probably say, it'd be really nice if I could get a doctor's appointment, or if I didn't have to wait 9 months or 12 months for a routine procedure, or if actually I didn't have a situation where my child was in a class size of 33. They'd rather see money flow into public services than they would see money flow um, or, or, or money effectively being put into large-scale tax cuts, so it's just it's just a nonsense, nonsense, nonsense idea. And I, I you know, it's it's there to placate Tory donors. I, I, I don't see anything else it does because I don't see. I mean, the markets reacted very badly to it. Um, plus, the fact you've got. The Bank of England Monetary Committee, who are trying to deal with inflation, who are trying to do whatever they can to dampen down the economy, at the same time that the Chancellor's trying to grow the economy in a way that's not really going to benefit anybody and certainly going to effectively you know, raise inequality, not do anything to address it. Um, don't get it. I'm sure we'll come back to it. I'm sure I'm going to be ranting about this for the, for the next days and weeks to come. But I, I just... Off the charts, bonkers—the uh, the ravings of a of a government getting to the end of its time, uh, and also the the same government effectively turning its back on what it's done in the previous five years. Absolute. Ugh. Anyway, anyway, I'm about to go for a run. That should help. I'll feel better after that. I'll finish my tea. I'll go for a run. I hope I uh, hope you're well. Hope you keep safe. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. <clears throat>